Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Top 10 takeaways. Oh, top 10 takeaways. One of the great games in NFL regular season history in the rain. We have takeaways from Eagles, Bills, and fun story. My daughter, her gym class is is, is a super predicated on what happens with the Bills. There's a bunch of Bills fans in her class for some reason, which is great. I mean, the Bills have not won a championship in ever. And... Uh, so if you're going to root for a team, make it the underdog Bills. Oh, yeah. So our whole class is somehow rooting for the Bills, but it's particular to the gym class. <clears throat> so in, in gym, if the Bills win, they don't have to run laps to start gym class on Mondays or Tuesdays if it's a Monday night game. And uh, if they lose, they have to run extra laps. So extra laps! For Vivian Kelly today, oh yes, oh yes, she's got extra laps because of Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts and his 40 fantasy points. Incredible. But I want to talk first about Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith is exactly what we thought he was. And I remember the debate. It was the end of the second round. We really want Chris Olave, but he's often not there, so we're settling for Devontae Smith. Right, this is what we were doing. This was every draft. You're not going to get Jalen Waddle, even though he's been outproduced by Devontae Smith and Chris Olave. So the whole game was, hey, we gotta we gotta get one of these two guys. And ideally, we could stack Jalen Hurts with Devontae Smith. That would be fun, right? So it'd be great to get Olave, but it's okay because there's scenarios where you can get Smith and stack him with Jalen Hurts. Now the most competitive underdog best ball tournament drafts. I know that wasn't a possibility, right? NFFC has an extra wide receiver spot, starting wide receiver spot. So the wide receivers are at a premium in best ball, like underdog premium at the NFFC. So you weren't going to get Devontae Smith late enough in the second round to be able to then turn around and then stack him with Jalen Hurts because then Jalen Hurts would go too early. It wasn't possible, but there were plenty of Normal fantasy leagues where the Hertz Devontae Smith stacks were in play. There were also leagues where you could get A.J. Brown in the first round and then Jalen Hurts in the third round. This was a possibility, but more often that we just said, hey, you actually, if you want Jalen Hurts, if you really want to stack him with A.J. Brown, it's it's a possibility. You just get Brown 
in the middle of the first and Jalen Hurts in the middle of the second, and you're doing great. But Devontae Smith was seen as a bust a few weeks back, which is that he keep playing Devontae Smith, even trade for him. I've never been a big Devontae Smith fan, but there's nothing changed. Nothing. Nothing has changed. I mean, all Devontae Smith has ever been is the most steady wide receiver you could ever imagine. If you were to create a consistent wide receiver in a lab that doesn't just rely on air yards, doesn't just rely on his quarterback pushing the ball downfield accurately, doesn't rely on anything in particular, just is always out there getting open and scoring fantasy points at about 15 fantasy points per game each and every year and never getting hurt. So the guy has been a picture of health, even though he's not an impressive physical specimen in any way, but he is an impressive football player in every way. That's Devontae Smith, and it's the wide receiver position, and the wide receivers can put up weeks where a zero. Devontae Smith has zeros last year in his game log. Go look it up. There's a zero in there. And you could stack a couple weeks there when you're under 10 fantasy points. And all of a sudden, oh, it's the A.J. Brown show. That's true. It has been the A.J. Brown show. It's just been it's been the Eagles show this year. Remember when the, the Dolphins were going on the road to Philadelphia and they were uh, only a two-and-a-half-point underdog, right? The, the Eagles <laughs> at home, get this, at one point in the season, the Eagles were at home and... They were giving less than three points. That was one of the great smash bets of the season. But Devontae Smith, just boring. I wanted to open the show with the most boring takeaway, which is a very important takeaway, that Devontae Smith is the wide receiver 18 with 14.4 fantasy points per game adjacent to Chris Olave. And he's exactly what he's always been, what we thought he was, everything. I, I very much enjoy getting behind these kinds of players that I've never been able to be bullish enough on a Devontae Smith to get any significant amount, except this year. And I was like, oh, I guess people are not that impressed with Devontae Smith. He's he's getting a little boring, right? He doesn't have the, the sizzle, doesn't have the sizzle reel of a Chris Olave, of a Garrett Wilson, so you can get him at the end of the second round. These guys are going a little bit earlier. That's okay. That's okay. I want Olave. Happy to get Smith. I mean, and the strategy was always, you know, pound wide receiver early so that you're, you're, if you're at the end of the second round, it was always, always Devontae Smith. And so now for the first time, I'm overloaded on Devontae Smith and, oh, he's a bust. Oh, he's underwhelming. Oh, what's wrong with, remember the, there were what's wrong with Devontae Smith videos. And the answer was he's a wide receiver and they fluctuate week to week, but season to season, a straight line, a straight line. The most consistent straight line performance year to year you're ever going to get is what you're getting from Devontae Smith. But within that season, you know you're getting 15 fantasy points a game, but week to week, it looks like this. So it's this each week, and then it's this looking at the season. And it, so I'm not going to get him again. Like This was the year. Like the, Every year, there's a year where, hey, this is, this is when I'm getting this player, and I'm enjoying it, and I'm also enjoying knowing that I'm not going to get him again. 
right? He's going to be an early second rounder next year. I'm not going to get him in the third round anymore. He's going to be a third rounder next year. I'm not going to get him in the fifth round anymore. There's always players like this. Michael Pittman's the other one. Remember, we're talking about trading for Michael Pittman, trading for Michael Pittman, Gardner Minshew, get Michael Pittman, Gardner Minshew, get Michael Pittman. I'm not going to get Michael Pittman next year. Michael Pittman in those middle rounds was such a smash, true alpha, and now he's getting 11 targets a game. You look up and, and he's like a younger, sexier version of Mike Evans, 6'4", athletic. Now that's a, that's a physical specimen, right? So you're getting similar production from Michael Pittman and Devontae Smith from completely different types of players. One guy's an alpha, one guy's technically a beta on his team. One guy looks like an Adonis, one guy looks like me, and then otherwise, same fantasy points a game. Same, same thing. Same thing. It's fun. It's fun. But it, it, another takeaway from that game is do not give up on Khalil Shakir. Gabriel Davis is going to have weeks when it's fluky game conditions, like soaking wet. There you might see a Gabriel Davis. It was shocking, though, to see Gabriel Davis in slippery conditions not dropping more footballs. So I was surprised by that. Stephon Diggs also left briefly. This wasn't in a lot of the news, but it, he left briefly with an injury and came back. Just a reminder that Stephon Diggs can go down at any time. And then you're really, really going to want Khalil Shakir. So I, week in, week out, there's always a, a wide receiver or two. And I'm like, just maintain the faith. Maintain the faith in Jaden Reed. And it pays off. There's a couple maintain the faith wide receivers that are in the right situation. They're in the right role. They're getting the, they're running the routes and three receiver sets, have the speed, have everything you want, the playmaking ability, the college dominance on their resume, some boom performances this year, everything you're looking for. Stay focused, right? You're going to keep those players. You're going to drop players like Jerry Judy, who's a complete zero. What do you put up? 14 yards this week? Just grief. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where Devontae Smith's ADP is going to be an underdog next year. Play some underdog, get more Eagles stacks with Jalen Hurts, Brown, and Smith. I'm already thinking about it. I'm already thinking about how is it going to be possible. You'd have to probably get now A.J. Brown at the beginning of the first round and then Jalen Hurts at the end of the second round, right? Later in the second round for Hurts, and then maybe possibly... Double stack with Devontae Smith in the very early third round, but that's not going to happen anymore. We're just getting this is what the problem is. Now, Devontae Smith is spoiling our ability to get him in the early third round. So, I was happy about Devontae. Now, I'm mad again. Now, I'm mad because I was thinking on underdog next year. Oh my God, in best ball mania. Oh my God, you could go Brown, Hurts, Smith. That's not going to happen. Speaking of underdog, let's talk about him. It has been two years since Josh Larkey paved the way for fantasy gamers to start expecting positive returns from Pick'em games, specifically underdog Pick'ems. And how do you do it? Well, you look at the slate and you find a great shootout or a sneaky shootout. You also look for a shit show game. Three, four, five, six guys in one game. That's right. You can do it. You can do it. And you can 100x your payout on underdog. Think about week one. Jets-Bills was a shit show. Did we see the Aaron Rodgers injury coming? No, but we knew the Jets have a good defense. We knew the Bills have a good defense. Why not expect the worst? And the worst is what we got. So if you had gone Dalvin Cook less than, Garrett Wilson less than, Aaron Rodgers less than, 
Josh Allen less than, Gabriel Davis less than, boom, 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 boom. You can go six for six. Same thing in week two. Oh, week two. Oh, sneaky shootout there in Philadelphia. Minnesota's going to be in comeback mode, so we'll go Cousins, Jefferson, Hawkinson, more than. Madison, less than. But also, Swift, more than. Boom, 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 boom. That's how you do it with the underdog pickums, and you use promo code UNDERWORLD to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You put in 100 underdog matches that deposit up to 100 bucks with promo code UNDERWORLD. Go start picking. Bills, Eagles, game of the year, or one of the games of the year. One of the great games in regular season history. And then we've got some really bad games. So then there was a great game or two, and then some really sad games. A lot of sad, a lot of sadness out there. Some good games, especially Thanksgiving. Some good games, but also some sadness. So let's get into the sadness. We told you not to draft Amari Cooper, and I know Amari Cooper with the rib injury. But Amari Cooper's been disappointing all year. Okay. He's wide receiver 30, but now he has the rib injury. And Dorian Thompson-Robinson out with the concussions. Now it's P.J. Walker. So he's injured with P.J. Walker. He is wide receiver 30, but there's not that big of a gap between wide receiver 30 and wide receiver 40. Amari Cooper is about to be wide receiver 40. He will finish outside the top 40 wide receivers this year. No, I hate being right on this. I hate, hate it, hate it, hate it. I love it. I love it. I, lo- I love being no, I love being right. This is great. This is great. I was wrong about Jordan Love, though. Jordan Love is uh, definitively better than Kenny Pickett. So that to uh, have Pickett over Love was wrong. That was a wrong projection by the Podfather. Jordan Love had not dead yet. Jordan Love went three touchdowns, no interceptions, but. Anyone that listens to this show knows what I'm really mad about. The 40 rushing yards on just a handful of carries. Meanwhile, Kenny Pickett, five carries, uh, five rushing yards. So Kenny Pickett, 35 less rushing yards. Very similar throwing line, right? Kenny Pickett had some drops. Deontay Johnson, oh, God. But, I mean, yes, Deontay Johnson doing himself no favors, either dropping passes or getting injured. But when the target distribution is unconsolidated, meaning we've got a quality tight end, we've got a quality pass catcher out of the backfield in Jalen Warren, we've got at least two quality wide receivers, one proper alpha in George Pickens, one super slot flanker prototype in Deontay Johnson, when he's not dropping passes and he's not injured. And you've got the the field stretcher, the classic field stretcher in, in Calvin Austin. So the nice thing in real football is you have the, the perfect configuration of talent set up, right? You've got all the right guys in the right places. The field stretcher, the slot guy, the alpha, everything, right? Tight end down the seam. Jalen Warren on the wheel route. I mean, who knows where the ball is going? It's crazy. The problem is when your quarterback is as bad as Kenny Pickett, it's worst case scenario for Pickens and Johnson because you have an unconsolidated target distribution with a bad quarterback 
the only way it works with a bad quarterback is if that quarterback is locking in solely on that one wide receiver, whether it be DeAndre Hopkins in Tennessee, whether it be Garrett Wilson's the best example in New York. Garrett Wilson is back on the Tom Savage corollary. Remember, he he broke the con. It was actually not anything to do with Garrett Wilson. It was really Tim Boyle breaking the Tom Savage corollary. We thought right for a week. That was the takeaway last week. If Garrett Wilson's going to go for zero fantasy points, then Tim Boyle has officially broken the Tom Savage corollary. Well, Tom Savage is back in New York because Garrett Wilson is that good. So as excited as I am to draft Devontae Smith next year, I'm even more excited to draft Garrett Wilson. It's only going to get better, right? It's only going to get better. But you can, you can already write the articles. They write themselves. All these offseason hype pieces around Garrett Wilson and getting the quarterback upgrade. You can all see it coming. But Pickens and Johnson and Fryermuth, they need fewer quality receivers in their passing game or a quarterback upgrade because the way it is now, it's just pain. It's just the pain of Pickens and Johnson in this unconsolidated passing game. Just the pain of Kenny Pickett. I mean, it's just. He and Jordan Love at the same passing numbers, the same efficiency, except, except, right? The same attempts, the same everything, rush attempts, pass attempts, everything. The opportunity for fantasy points was the exact same, except Love got you the three touchdowns, Pickett, no touchdowns. Love rushed for the 40 yards, Pickett, five yards. Love is, is stolen Kenny Pickett's soul. Everything we thought we were getting from Kenny Pickett this year, is what Jordan Love is giving us. It's so painful. It is so painful, right? Now, the ultimate consolidated target distribution is in Detroit, where Amon Ra is the only receiver of any consequence, the only wide receiver, right? But then the other receivers are not wide receivers. It's Jameer Gibbs, and he's getting eight targets in a game. And then you have Sam Laporta, there's a reason why. He's the tight end one in Dynasty. Eight targets a game for Sam Laporta. Eight targets a game for Jameer Gibbs. This is what we want. This is what we all should be rooting for, is up-tempo, high-volume pass attack with one wide receiver and one wide receiver only, and that guy is super efficient. That guy is going 10 for 12 every week. I'm on Ross St. Brown. We talked about drafting him as the third player off the board, especially in these best ball leagues or these leagues that put a premium on the wide receiver position that start three wide receivers, for example, NFFC. We talked about, hey, you can just draft Amon Ross St. Brown at either the three spot or the four spot, most likely, because you have Jefferson, McCaffrey, Chase, and then the very next guy, the wide receiver three on my board was Amon Ross St. Brown, and where is he right now? When you look at the rankings, fantasy points per game, Amon Ross St. Brown, wide receiver three, tied with C.D. Lamb. But looking at the Packers, I was also pleased to see that they're finally figuring it out. Romeo Dobbs running fewer routes. It's Reed and Watson. Watson's finally come online. He's finally healthy. Reed is developing fast and furious. Dobbs, as we know, has plateaued because he's the ultimate mediocrity plateau. 
of Romeo Dobbs, and now we're finally seeing the targets that had kept feeding Dobbs. Like, stop it! Finally, seven and eight targets for Watson and Reed. Oh, it's just a relaxing. And is it a coincidence? Do you think it's a coincidence that Jordan Love's having his best game when he stopped targeting Romeo Dobbs and started focusing on Watson and Reed, his best playmakers? Really? That's shocking. That's crazy. When you throw to your playmakers, you end up having your best game. That's weird. 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 Fun fact, Jameer Gibbs and Bijan Robinson had the same number of fantasy points this year. They're both the RB10. But because Gibbs has played in fewer games, he has three more fantasy points per game than Bijan. Gibbs was the rookie running back you wanted this year, not Bijan Robinson. Though Bijan had a big game, Bijan looked good. Falcons look good. It's going to be close. It's going to be close. But in points per game, you could have started Gibbs whenever he's active and benched him in those games he wasn't active, and then you'd be better off. You'd be ahead because Gibbs has the, the 17 fantasy points per game. We told you not to draft B. John Robinson in the first round for this reason. I thought DeAndre Swift in the sixth round was a great pick. It's looking more and more like that just was a, a a good but not great draft. I can't believe it. Like his upside, the swift upside in this Eagles offense. And I know he's been the the most unlucky running back for fantasy football. His expected touchdowns so much higher than his actual touchdowns. Expected fantasy points much higher. He's been unlucky. But look what happened this week. Just the, the I can't believe of, of all the res, the receivers, running backs, running backs who is a receiver. Think about it. The running back that I would expect to be an empty calorie running back, a between-the-20s running back, the last one is DeAndre Swift. I could, it would almost be almost every other running back. You could imagine. And then, because De- DeAndre Swift, throughout his career, has had an incredibly high success rate inside the five-yard line and as a receiver. So the last thing I expected was him to put up 80 rushing yards and and have no catches and no touchdowns like what what is this this is a crazy i don't understand this he's tyler algier this is terrible i said it on the waiver wired show last week watch for kenny gainwell getting dropped oh well boston scott had more touches meanwhile kenneth gainwell this week three targets swift only one so, I mean, I, I keep coming back to that game because that was such a fun game. I'm like, I'm, uh, we got to move on to other games. Then I'm like, eh, well, let's talk about Swift. <laughs> Just between the 20s, empty calorie running back. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. So we started off at the beginning of the season thinking, okay, the best zero RB back in the middle rounds, Raheem Mostert's a late round guy, had to be DeAndre Swift. And then we're looking up now going, well, I guess it's, uh, I guess it's Rashad White. Rashad White has 13-plus fantasy points every week since week six. So we're now going on two months of Rashad White always giving us 13-plus fantasy points. And here's the best part. This past week, he did it with yards, 100 yards. This was new, right? The, The trait that we love about true bell cow backs for fantasy football is that they will get you fantasy points. They'll deliver 12-plus fantasy points in multiple ways. 
Travis Etienne does this. Christian McCaffrey does this. Precious few running backs do this. Rashad White is now in that club where he might give it to you with rushing yards. He might give it to you with receptions. He might give it to you with touchdowns. But he's always going to find a way to get you that 12-plus fantasy points. That's what Etienne did this week. What did Etienne do? His floor, 12 fantasy points. There is a wide receiver that was drafted ahead of Amon Ross St. Brown. We talked about Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is looking lost. Jamar Chase is looking like a zero. But Jake Browning was more efficient than anyone expected. And T. Higgins is MIA. Never forget the Tom Savage corollary. We tried to dismiss it, right? We tried to say, hey, Tom Savage corollary doesn't apply to Garrett Wilson anymore. Tim Boyle's just that bad, right? And then the Tom Savage corollary came back to us and said, uh, never forget me. Wash that insult out of your mouth, okay? It's blasphemy. The Tom Savage corollary has never lost, right? It's undefeated. And all DFS players need to remember to go back to Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is going to have a couple more boom weeks this year. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is. I'm telling you it's going to happen. He's Jamar Chase. He can do it with air yards. He can do it with yak. That's the beauty of these proper alpha receivers. They're the bell cow receivers. The bell cow receivers can win in lots of different ways, and it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. So just don't let this week get you off Jamar Chase in DFS. He's going to be under-owned. No one's going to roster him in DFS in these weeks ahead, and there's going to be some prime opportunities to be overweight on Jamar Chase in DFS. So look out for that. So now that we are in you know, week 12, heading into week 13, we can look at the, the fantasy point standings, and there's just some fun that we can have the fantasy point standings. Okay. Jalen Waddle has the same fantasy points per game as Jacoby Myers. Think about that, right? Now, Jacoby Myers has a lot more fantasy points, though, because he's been active. So Jacoby Myers has been reliable, has been giving you spike weeks, and he's been healthy. He's always starting. Jalen Waddle, less so. Jalen Waddle, because he hasn't been melting faces and he hasn't been healthy for all the games, you look up at the fantasy points, and if he's not a top 20 fantasy producer, given he was going in the middle of the second round, you have to say Jalen Waddle's been a bust this year. You'd rather have Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers is outscoring Jalen Waddle <laughs> in total fantasy points. It's just crazy. It's crazy. And they're both number twos, right? They're technically number twos. And one guy is the number two with Aiden O'Connell and Jimmy Garoppolo. But the beauty is Jacoby Myers is a number two for a team that's always facing negative game scripts. If you're not into Josh Jacobs this year because you're worried that the Raiders are going to lose as many games as possible, the Jimmy Garoppolo signing was a thinly veiled tank attempt. That's the Jimmy that's the Jimmy Garoppolo signing, right? Well, if you believe that and you're off Josh Jacobs as you should have been, right? As I was, then necessarily you need to kind of be into Jacoby Myers. Even though he's not sexy, I mean, Jacoby Myers has been for the last 4 years the most underrated receiver in the NFL because he's a possession receiver, he's not fast and he wasn't drafted. That's it. 
And then we look up, and once again, the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL is Jacoby Myers, and he's been more productive than Jalen Waddell and a hell of a lot more productive than DK Metcalf. So when you think about in terms of archetypes, right, Jacoby Myers, skinny, slow, possession receiver, undrafted, DK Metcalf, the opposite, right? DK Metcalf looks like an Adonis, even though all he does is eat candy. He actually has a Grubhub account where he just orders candy and has candy delivered to him at his apartment, in his locker, wherever he is. They're, they're, drones are dropping bags of candy off for DK Metcalf. That's eventually going to catch up to him, as it did with Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker is the last wide receiver that was so openly pro-candy. And that's not good company for DK Metcalf. Also, the company that he's keeping is interesting because we have to talk about Rashi Rice, right? Rashi Rice, this is a very exciting time for Rashi Rice, the big breakout, 20-plus fantasy points. We knew it would happen, right? We said it. You cannot lose faith in Rashi Rice. He's giving you 12, 13 fantasy points. The boom week is coming, and it's going to come this year. The calendar is not going to expire. The season's not going to end without Rashi Rice having a ceiling performance, and then boom, he gave it to us. And the beauty was he gave it to us with a ceiling performance from Isaiah Pacheco. The other guy, we were like, no, this guy is the, the clear workhorse for one of the best offenses in the NFL. You have to keep starting him through the variance, and then boom. Right, because we've had some complaints. Oh, you guys have Pacheco too high in your dynasty rankings. They they could easily draft a running back early next year, and we're like, well, maybe. But as of right now, that's highly unlikely, given how good Pacheco has been, and given his role, there really is no incentive for the Chiefs to go running back early next year, especially after they were already burned so badly by Clyde Edwards-Helaire, who's still on the roster. So I appreciate so many of uh, those that use player profile and our, our dynasty rankings are, are just so dialed. It I've never seen them this dialed at this point in the season. They're amazing. It's, I just like every time I go down through, I'm like, oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, that's ooh, that's a good. That's interesting. Oh, that's that's ooh, that's fascinating. Oh, but, but, that, but that's correct. Oh, yes. Pacheco. I'm like, yeah, I know we're pretty high in Pacheco, everybody. You got to deal with it. And then bam. Right. Very cool to see. You can't simply discount a player because he doesn't have the draft capital and you're just expecting the team to move on, but there's no underlying inefficiency. There's no fumbles. There's there's nothing. There's no coach speak. It's all positive with Pacheco. Just like it was all positive with the undrafted Austin Eckler at one point. So just enjoy a young running back on the Chiefs. How about that? Is that hard? He's young, explosive, and he's on the Chiefs. He's a chief. Enjoy it. Rashi Rice, enjoy it. Look at the, the fantasy point standings. It's Jaden Reed, wide receiver 33. DK Metcalf, wide receiver 34. Rashi Rice, wide receiver 35. I mean, I love this Rice-Reed-Metcalf sandwich. We have two of our favorite rookie receivers, and between them is a bust veteran. Brutal. Just brutal. I'm not blaming the Skittles, okay? I'm not blaming the, the, the Starburst. Actually, it could be, if I had to guess, I think DK Metcalf loves those new nerds, the new gummy nerds, the nerds that are covering the gummy. Those are really good, by the way. They're just great. It's a creative idea, new innovation in gummy candy. 
I would just I would think that that's something that DK Metcalf would appreciate. I appreciate Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams is doing amazing things. He was six for six in the passing game, two touchdowns as a receiver. He's so good as a receiver that it's preventing Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua from producing Puka Nakua. Another dud performance. Don't look now. Kyron Williams is not fast. Kyron Williams doesn't have the draft capital. The NFL did not think Kyron Williams was going to be a playmaker. I didn't think he was. And here we are. He is. Right? He's he's essentially slow Eckler. Right? We keep comparing everyone to Eckler. He's a lot closer to Eckler in terms of play style than Isaiah Pacheco is. But you need to get over it. Like, they're going to stick with Kyron Williams. Just like the Chiefs are going to stick with Isaiah Pacheco. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. I fully expected Pacheco to exceed expectations in the league, given his college profile and all of the anecdotal evidence that he was a super passionate, hardworking player. Kyron Williams did not give off those vibes. He gave off guy that's going to be overrated in the league because he went to Notre Dame and then actually couldn't be further from the... This is incredible. I'm so... I'm so happy that Kyron Williams exists because it helps me know that anything is possible and to not just rest on my reflex prospect evaluations. Because in fairness, those reflex prospect evaluations are typically amazing, incredibly accurate, super insightful, way ahead of their time, top of the industry. But the Kyron Williams happen, and they keep me humble. They keep me working hard. They keep me grinding. Seeing Kyron Williams doing what he's doing makes me question everything. And I know that Kyron Williams is essentially going to generate hundreds of hours of research by the Podfather in 2024. Marquise Brown, finally, right? Finally. More to come from Marquise Brown. Touchdowns are coming. Good process acquiring Marquise Brown, and you're starting to see why. Denver, another big win for Denver. You love seeing Russell Wilson embracing the crowd. Everyone's coming around for Russell Wilson. My takeaway is slow down. Slow down, slow down on the Russell Wilson is back. He's he's giving you less than 200 yards. They beat the Vikings without Kirk Cousins, and they beat the Browns without Deshaun Watson. Slow down. Look at their schedule. Denver faces the Texans in Houston. Then they go to the Chargers in Los Angeles. And then they go to the Lions in Detroit. Three straight road games against three great offenses and two really good teams and the Chargers. (laughs) I mean, if there's a coach that needs to be fired, it's not Frank Reich in Carolina. It's... Everyone on the Chargers, I mean, what are they, three and seven, three and eight? I mean, what what, what is their record? They're, I can't believe, let's look at their record. I don't have their record in front of me. I bet it's bad. What is it? Yeah, four and seven. Ew. Ew. Chargers, ew. Chargers, ew. On the other hand, you look at the Saints schedule and specifically Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is about to go nuclear. Alvin Kamara in DFS. Alvin Kamara, if your trade deadline has not yet happened, though it probably has, 
The Saints face Detroit, Carolina, and the Giants. So you love him against Detroit because you know it's going to be a shootout. And then you also like him against Carolina and, and the Giants because you know they're going to run the ball. And they were giving Kamara a carry rate that he's never seen in his career. 15 carries. Taysom Hill had seven carries. Jamal Williams is back and he only had two carries. They're going to pound Alvin Kamara at home against this schedule. It's going to go nuclear. He's going to outscore Demario Douglas. So my takeaway from this putrid Patriots performance is that somebody somewhere has gotten to Bill Belichick and convinced him that they need to tank and it's in the best interest of the franchise, or they got to Mac Jones. They got to somebody because you know, I was talking to my daughter about this because we're Patriots fans, and she's like, what are we going to do, Dad? This is the worst of both worlds where we have a coach that is just coaching for his own prestige to close out his career. He has no interest in losing, but us, the fans and the franchise, we need to maximize our losses. And even though that coach is trying to win, he's not good enough to actually win. They might win just enough games to not get the draft pick we want. And I was like, that's a great take. I'm going to use that on the top 10 takeaways. It is. It's the worst of all worlds unless Belichick keeps losing. So it's, it's actually fine. He can do whatever he wants as long as he finds a way to lose. As long as he Mr. Magoo's it and loses anyway, even if he's trying to win, he's Mr. Magoo. That's the, that's the takeaway in a good way. We want Mr. McCoo coaching the Patriots because we want losses. So it's good that Belichick is Mr. McCoo in a good way. You knew Jalen Hyatt was going to give you a 100-yard game. Didn't necessarily see it with DeVito, but he gave you the 100-yard game. If you have Jalen Hyatt, sell. Trade him now. If you have Jalen Hyatt, do not let Week 13 start. With him still on your roster, dump him now, trade him now, get a second round pick and move on. You can see an easy sell to everyone in your league in Dynasty. Hey guys, look what he's doing with DeVito. Imagine what he's going to do with healthy quarterback play with Daniel Jones or a, a, an upgraded quarterback next year. Jalen Hyatt's going to go nuclear. It's an easy, easy narrative to weave. I also love seeing CJ Stroud, though he lost the juxtaposition of C.J. Stroud and Trevor Lawrence, because when we moved Stroud ahead of Lawrence and Dynasty, there was consternation. And then we look up, and Stroud is just more efficient, right? The same pass attempts, just more efficient, right? Stroud always with more touchdowns, more yards <laughs> per pass attempt than Trevor Lawrence. It doesn't have to be that hard. It's really all it is. Per pass attempt, Stroud is giving you more. More yards, more touchdowns, just more. And 47 rushing yards and a touchdown. Oh my God. He's he's in the God of God tiers. CJ Stroud, God of God. When is CJ Stroud going to become the number one quarterback in Dynasty? That is now the big question. Remember we had that question about Sam Laporta. When is Sam Laporta going to take over as the tight end one in Dynasty? Well, eventually he does. Now it's a it's a higher bar for Stroud, where it's Josh Allen and especially Jalen Hurts. It's difficult when Jalen Hurts is putting up 40 points and he's also pre-Apex. There's no case for Stroud at QB1 in Dynasty because there's Jalen Hurts. But when does Stroud overtake Allen? When does he overtake Mahomes? I say soon. Look at the performances. Soon. And you saw Nico Collins 
right? Nico Collins. That was another wide receiver. We said, absolutely do not drop Nico Collins. Lean into the variance. He's going to have weeks. He's going to have weeks. Just like Khalil Shakir is going to have weeks. Collins is going to have weeks. Guys like Jerry Judy are not going to have weeks. Chuba Hubbard had a week. Chuba Hubbard is now the RB30. And we're talking about like uh, fantasy standing sandwiches. Guess who Chuba Hubbard is between at RB30? You've got Devon A. Chain at RB29 and Jonathan Taylor. This is total fantasy points at RB31. So Hubbard is in an A. Chain Taylor sandwich. Are his points per game anything close to Taylor and A. Chain? No. But is it impressive? That each and every week, Chuba Hubbard's just outperforming Miles Sanders. He's just better. He's actually putting up 15-plus fantasy points on one of the worst offenses in the league. It's incredibly, incredibly impressive. Chuba Hubbard is just good. It's good. And the hope is, because Carolina shed so many picks to get Bryce Young, that they do not draft a running back and they they just ride Chuba Hubbard. That's why Chuba Hubbard's another one. He's, he's, he's like very much like Kyron Williams. Pacheco, there's cases against their teams going running back early in the draft next year and just riding Chuba. Chiefs riding Pacheco. Rams riding Kyron Williams. And just to remind ourselves the kind of epic blunder the Panthers made. Had they made the trade and selected Stroud, all would be forgiven, but they didn't. The process was bad. It was an overpay. And then the pick itself was a, was terrible to draft a 5'9 quarterback that's not particularly mobile. Drafting a 5'9 immobile system quarterback, the one overall, after giving up the ninth pick, the 61st pick in the 2023 draft, a first-round pick in the 2024 draft, which is going to be a top-three pick, a second-round pick in 2025, just egregiously, right, just... Why not? Hey, you want to pick? You want to pick? You want to pick? Just gratuitous giving away of picks. And then don't forget, superstar wide receiver DJ Moore. Just a gratuitous, gratuitous overpay. And what did they get? They got Bryce Young, who went 18 for 31 for 194 yards. What they could have done is drafted a quarterback with the first pick in the second round. See, that's the thing. The guy that went at the beginning of the second round, he went 18 for 28 as well. He had put up 185 yards, so the exact same rate statistics as Bryce Young this past week. Levis and Young faced off in what was another just <laughs> worst of all worlds games on the slate. They both put up exactly seven fantasy points. They were the same player on Sunday. Levis and Young were the same player. All is very similar. With the the one exception that Carolina gave up all those picks in DJ Moore for the guy they could have had by trading back. No, no, yes, you want the first pick, Carolina. You should have, yes, you should go after the first. you, You need to draft a quarterback with the first pick, Carolina. That was smart. The first pick in the second round.
As long as he Mr. Magoo's it and loses anyway, even if he's trying to win, he's Mr. Magoo. That's the that's the takeaway in a good way. We want Mr. Magoo coaching the Patriots because we want losses. So it's good that Belichick is Mr. Magoo in a good way. Was a thinly veiled attempt to tank. A thinly veiled tank attempt. Even though that coach is trying to win, he's not good enough to actually win. A thinly veiled tank attempt.